0: Good morning, this is Steve Sines, your ATL Sherpa. Hope you're doing well, hope your week's off to a good start. It's Monday, August 16th, 2021. Um, that was a little bit of, uh, I'd be curious to know how many of you know that band. Uh, the song is called oh Atlanta," and the name of the band is Little Feet, and that's F-E-A-T. Um uh, Which I'd forgotten. I had the album, and I didn't realize that they were from Los Angeles. You know, they sound like uh, that's very much a Southern rock kind of kind of song, and that that was kind of their their genre, if you will. But uh, the band was actually from from Los Angeles, and as I was reading the history of some of the bandmates, uh, a couple of the guys, the the founder, I think, came out of uh, Frank Zappa's mother Mothers of Invention. For those of you that remember. Uh those days Frank Zappa was quite a character. So um I was also I was just uh kind of um, amused by the description of the band's musical influences. In in Wikipedia it says that over its fifty year history, Little Feet's music has remained an eclectic blend of swamp pop, rock and roll, blues, boogie, country folk Blues rock, soul, and New Orleans R and B uh, pretty much covers the spectrum of uh, musical genres. But good, good song, good, good song, and I've included the video there if you wanted to go back and uh, and listen to it. Uh, Little feet. So um, I'm I'm writing to you and and talking to you today because today is the seventh anniversary of my first walking tour, which took place on August sixteenth of two thousand and fourteen. And I think some of you know that yesterday I did my last public walking tour, so uh, almost to the day seven years after I started um, and I, I wanted to share some photos uh, of of, of yesterday 's walking tour uh, for those of you that came out i 'd like to thank you for coming out. We had fifty people wonderful, wonderful group uh, as we introduced each ourselves i was I was pleased and honored really to to see that it seemed to me like about a third, maybe half of the people were either from Atlanta, natives, or had been here for 20-plus years. So lots of lots of uh, Atlanta veterans, and that's always fun. So um, I, I also want, for those of you that were not able to make it, I know that a lot of the subscribers to the ATL Sherpa podcast and newsletter uh, have been on some of my tours, some of you, many of the tours over the years. I wanted to thank you as well for your support over the years. Uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor, truly, to to have led all these tours. I I've, I've, have led hundreds of them, and uh, I have met thousands of people from all over the world, uh, Europe, South America, Africa, Asia, uh, all over the United States, probably every state, uh, many native Atlantans, I mean, people from all over have been on my tours and, and that's, that's one of the things that kept me in the game for so long is just meeting these wonderful people and, and, and I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, very, very grateful for, for your support, uh, over the years. So I wanted to also let you know about my, sort of my next project, if you will. A lot of people are asking me what I'm going to do next. Um, I am still doing private tours. So, groups, uh, employees of, of companies, uh, a lot of real estate investors I've worked with over the years, any, any type of group that, uh, if you want to do a private tour, I also call them custom tours, uh, just, just let me know. I'll be happy to work with you on that. And at least for the next couple of months, I will be doing private tours. And there's a link at the bottom of the newsletter. I think it's called Private Tours and Consultations. So if you click on that button, you'll get the information you need to, to learn about that. But the other thing I'm doing, and this is, this is really what I wanted to share with you today, is I am creating a, a, I call them, it's calling it, I'm calling it an ecosystem or a network of websites over the next couple of months that will have interactive maps, historical information, images, videos, basically everything you need, kind of an online toolkit for people who want to continue to explore Atlanta. And I'm doing this both for people that can you know get out there and do it on out in the field as i like to say you know with a tablet or with a smartphone these tools that i'm creating will really help you go out and enjoy what this city has to offer um and 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 continue to explore and then for the you know all the people that can't get out there whether physical limitations or they're not here or whatever these will be tools that will allow people to explore the city virtually so uh that's that's why i'm creating these these websites and i'll be announcing those both here on the newsletter as well as on the explore atlanta facebook page so you will know uh they'll be published over the next couple of couple of months so um the other thing i wanted to share with you here a couple things that that one is a a wonderful quote that i'm going to read to you in a minute um that really describes it really captures the essence of why we explore, at least why I explore. And, and it, it also really describes how I explore. I, you know, everybody does their, does tours differently. The tours that I designed and have designed and led over the years really were designed to be educational tours. And then that's because of my background in training and development. I, I've spent my, pretty much my whole career in training and development. So, if you've been on my tours, you know that I, I try to share information in an educational way, and I and I use what we call learning aids or learning tools in the in the training business to help people um, make connections, to provide context, to help, uh, as a friend of mine used to say, you know, burn it in, so that people would remember uh, what they learned and and this quote by Dr. Pollack who is out of the CDC uh, he wrote a a, a a brilliant white paper called the Battle of Atlanta History and Remembrance and he published it in 2014 in an online publication called Southern Spaces which is out of Emory and I I found his white paper and by the way that was the same year I started doing walking tours but I I found his white paper I think in 2015 when I took an interest in the Battle of Atlanta and I started putting together my own tours, he created a, a tour that, that, that helped people go out and explore where the battle took place. And the challenge, as he describes, in, and I'll, I'll read to you in just a minute here, is that there is no preserved battlefield. We, they didn't preserve any of the battle in spite of the fact that it was a very major Civil War battle. You know, 80,000 plus troops, 8 or 9,000 casualties, all this took place on July 22nd of 1864 in Kirkwood, Inman Park, Edgewood, Reynolds Town, and East Atlanta. So literally in our, in, in the backyard of many of you who are listening, uh, this, this battle literally took place where your house sits. And so, but very, peop- very few people know anything about the Battle of Atlanta other than that it took place. Because there's no preserved battlefield. So read along, let me, let me read this and listen along or read along with me. The absence of a historically preserved battlefield means that visitors seeking firsthand knowledge about the places and events that figured prominently in the Battle of Atlanta must go beyond the almost effortless engagement with history that's available at well preserved Civil War sites such as Kennesaw Mountain, Gettysburg, and Vicksburg. Visits to the Atlanta battlefield, even via virtual tour, require greater self-reliance and a more active process of combining historical accounts, maps, and images with present-day visual evidence to ferret out what happened, where, and why. But the rewards are great. By juxtaposing information from then and now, Visitors traveling through contemporary Atlanta gain a new and powerful perspective on the city, its neighborhoods, and their place in history. Exploring seemingly ordinary sites is a way to gain a new awareness of history, even if the sites are often encountered during our everyday routines. Landscape historian John R. Stilgo encourages us to scrutinize those places, put them in spatial context, and arrange them in time. Quote, enjoy the best kept secrets around, still go writes, the ordinary everyday landscape that rewards any explorer, that touches any explorer with magic. Again, when I read that, it, it, it spoke to me because I realized that's what I was doing. I was not knowing it. I mean, he, he, puts it so eloquently here, but this idea of juxtaposing information from then and now and taking people out to where things happen and showing images and photos and maps of what happened where is what allows people to to make those, those connections. And so these websites that I'm building really will be built on that premise so that you can, like I said earlier, so you can continue to explore this great city. I, I've often described Atlanta as a treasure chest. That's just waiting to be opened and explored, uh, you know, by, by people like you, the curious, the, the interested, um, and, and the people that want to learn. And, and, you know, history is, is a funny thing. Uh, in fact, when, when, uh, the Atlanta History Center, um, opened the cyclorama painting a couple of years ago, I attended the, uh, the, the grand opening of that and they had a pin uh that they gave uh the people that that came to those first couple of days and it says history is complicated and uh, you know they were they were talking about the fact that the civil war that subject matter was complicated you know and it, and it for for some people it conjures up uh all kinds of emotions you know um, painful emotions on on many many levels and each person is different history is complicated and uh, but one of the things that, that's, that happens when you study history, not, not to become a historian, but when you get at least the basic understanding of what happened before we arrived, what happens to you is that the place that you live becomes more meaningful um, you you appreciate it better when you understand what happened and when uh, to the people and by the people that came before us, and I think it's important. I think uh, it adds meaning and it, and it gives you a, a, a greater sense of appreciation for the city in which you live. So that's why I mean that's why I do what I do or what I have done for the last last seven years, and I, I know a lot of you uh, sort of have that same mindset when you go out there. So um, the other thing that I wanted to share with you is um, this notion, uh this kind of an aha that I had. uh, uh When was it? Saturday night. I, I often have these sort of ahas that, that hit me. And a lot of times they're like two, three o'clock in the morning. But um, th- it's this notion of what I'm, I'm calling production versus consumption. And as I was thinking about uh Atlanta, and as i was thinking about um, you know what i was going to share with with my guest uh, yesterday on that on that final tour something hit me that i you know we all know it but i it the way that it hit me it it sort of helped me connect the dots about some things and i want to i want to share uh what what i wrote and i've included this here in the newsletter and i've also included it on a webpage that i created for yesterday's tour But again, I call this um, production versus consumption. As the industrial age gave way to the information age, and later the knowledge age, the economic engine of the Beltline neighborhoods experienced a massive transformation. When the trains were running, these buildings housed manufacturing plants and employed blue collar workers who made things. Those things were shipped out on the trains that ran along the tracks that used to be here. Today, these same buildings house food halls, technology companies, consulting firms, and investment management organizations. These service businesses employ knowledge workers and creators everything from chefs to web developers. Their goods and services are consumed on premise, such as food and beverage, or remotely by their clients in the form of the solutions that they provide. Today's Beltline is a gathering place. It is a destination where people come to eat, drink, exercise, and meet one another. It is also a lifestyle that people want to live and work near. Today's employers choose to open offices here because having access to this lifestyle is viewed as a strategic asset, a recruiting tool. It's worth noting that the neighborhoods and properties along the Beltline experienced a long period, somewhere between 30 and 40 years, of dormancy after the production-driven economy ended and before the consumption-driven economy really took hold. What will the Beltline and its coveted neighborhoods be like 5 to 10 years from now? 25 to 50 years from now? We don't know for sure, but we do know one thing. The world we live in is very different than the one that our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents lived in. And the world that our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren live in will be very different than the one we live in now. So as we walked along the Beltline yesterday, I asked my tour guests to to keep this in mind. These buildings that we're looking at, whether it's Crog Street Market, or the Ford Factory Lofts, or the Sears Building, or parish, or all those apartments that are along the belt line. this is a consumption-driven economy that we live in. Those used to be production facilities. Those were places where people made things and they shipped those things out on those trains that ran along those railroad tracks, those freight trains. So that sort of helped me you know, make sense of uh, you know, and and give more meaning to 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 what the Beltline project is all about, and that's happening all the way around the entire 22 mile loop as you travel around and go to Lee and White. Um, you know, this these were production, and in some cases, distribution centers, but um, that that's a that's just something that hit me the other day, and I wanted to share with that, that with you. And so the next time you're out on the Beltline, think about this this uh, this, this notion of of, of a production driven economy versus a consumption driven economy which we are in today so um, I got links there to this special web page that I've created for the last tour there's an audio clip in there that I that I recorded uh, just to provide some context for what's on that webpage I'm going to be coming back and actually producing a video uh that where I really drill down and talk about the maps and the images and all the, the historical information that I've included on that webpage. So anyway, that's it for now. Again, I really want to just thank everybody uh, who's come out for my tours over the years. Really, really appreciate uh, that, that opportunity to meet everybody and all the, all the great times we've had. So anyway, I'll be back in touch here soon. I hope you have a great week. This is Steve, your H.L. Sherpa.